Hello and welcome this week to Talking Flutes podcast with me, Jean-Paul Wright. I'd like to begin by saying thank you so much to all of you who continue to send in ideas and suggestions for our future podcasts. We really do appreciate and love receiving these. So you can continue to do so. Indeed, please do by forwarding them on to flutepodcasts at gmail.com. You can also message us on Talking Flutes on our Facebook page or you can contact me directly on our Instagram page which is at TJ Flutes or on my Twitter handle which is at Flute. Right, today we have a real treat for you with an interview recorded two weeks ago. However, since recording this podcast, this wonderful musician is now the winner of an official Latin Grammy Award. So along with the Emmy Award he won early this year, I reckon 2019 has been a rather special one. So moving over to my road podcaster, I'm as you can probably hear him in the background, I'm joined by the Emmy winning and multiple Latin Grammy nominated Jose Valentino from Florida. Good afternoon or good morning, Jose. Good morning. How art thou? Thou art Fabulous. As always, sir. You? <laughs> Man, I'm doing awesome. You know, uh, uh, what's the complaint? I'm here in sunny Florida. The sun is shining. The trees are blooming. It smells like flowers. And uh, I'm getting to talk to you. Oh, how sweet. Well, in London at the moment, it is pouring with rain. It is very windy. And what can I smell? Do you know, I don't know, actually. Probably freshly brewed coffee, which is sat on my desk, as usual, sir. <laughs> it smells so good i could smell it through the cell phone <laughs> joey you've moved yeah. to florida tell me what I you're did. doing tell me what you're doing sir man i'm living the dream i'm closer to my family i'm uh here with my wife and son and you know we are uh we have more time to really just um increase our quality of life i mean we're going for walks um you know this whole concept of well, people always say, oh, long walks on the beach and that sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, it's a legit thing. That's what we're doing now. And, uh, you know, as a, as a Floridian myself, um, it, I used to not really go to the beach at all. But now I don't take these things for granted. And I'm being a happy flutist, pun intended. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's, it's cool. I have a really awesome opportunity here where... I'm now leading up uh, an innovative program in music business and entrepreneurship uh, as the head of music business entrepreneurship at the University of Florida. Go Gators. And the millions and millions scream. Go. Okay. But Sorry, it's really Joey, fun. Jerry, you're yeah. going to have to educate me. Gators. You're talking about, you're talking about sports team, aren't you? Wait a minute. Ah, <laughs> uh, you fooled me there. For a second, I thought you didn't know. <laughs> yes, Gatorade, yeah, the Gators, absolutely. Florida Gators football. I nearly yeah. had you. I nearly had you there. So. Oh, my God. We, I was about to hang up on this phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, it, it's uh, tons of exciting things, man. I mean, the students are so enthusiastic and, um, you know, just really, really bright and 
diligent with their assignments and just really innovative. It's like a, a spirit of innovation that really exists there within the College of the Arts. Um, we have a Center for Arts Migration and Entrepreneurship there that is doing all kinds of things for the community and, uh, you know, beginning to do things at a regional and a national level. Um, you know, I'm uh, teaching a course called Strategic Entrepreneurship Development for the Arts in which literally like students that take this course, you know, they get all the tools and it's not uh, merely from a textbook or just all talk, it's total application. And I get to work with students individually in developing and helping them launch and market and establish their niche within the market, you know, uh, so that they can be thriving creative professionals uh, independently. So it's really exciting. And I'm also teaching a music production course in which, um, you know, imagine that your midterm is you have to display to the whole class your first original single where you produced everything you know what i mean uh, but then also uh film scoring is involved as well and in, in composition so it's a lot of fun man uh i mean i literally go to work every day and my job is to uh cultivate creativity and teach people how to market themselves so they can make money <laughs> Do you know, i like that money so, yeah. so do you think the University of Florida would have known what to expect when you walk through the door? Because let's face it, you're not you're not a quiet type of guy, are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I th th no, they don't they didn't know what to expect. I mean, they they heard the rumors. They heard the rumors, <laughs> they curated, you know, and still once uh, I got the job, I mean, he, I started working with my buddy Scott Wilson, who's the director of the jazz program over there, uh, instantly when I got the job and we just started um, you know, setting up pillars and everything and just moving all kinds of mountains. And that's what we've been doing here, man. It's just a game changer now, you know what I mean? And so it's coming like a whirlwind of opportunity and just like blessings and all kinds of different things that, you know, we're trying to do for these students. And so it's really filling, uh, that fulfilling that passion of mine to want to give back, give back, give to other people and, you know, cultivate their artistic identity as we've talked about and, and help them establish their purpose and express their purpose through different roles. We've talked about that in other blogs. So it's a really beautiful setting, um, you know, and it's just like a, such a dynamic environment, uh, you know, uh, uh, fertile for creativity. And uh, yeah, it's just been a blast. So, that's the academic side of what I'm doing. So when your new cohort of students walk through that door, obviously you're stood in front of them. What do you say to them to put them at ease? Because let's face yeah. it, let's face it. You've, you've won it's hilarious that you said that because I was going to tell you what I actually do say. The very first thing I say does not put them on ease. Uh, I don't think it does. Uh, uh, imagine that uh, everybody's sitting down, everybody's nervous, nobody's talking to one another. They're trying to be like that polite student at the very beginning. You know what I mean? Like the whole first week, just super quiet. And uh, here comes, uh, here, here walks in this uh, really loud, vibrant professor. And I said, what up, y'all? They're like <laughs> super quiet crickets. You can hear the crickets. And I'll say, hey, check it, yo. Ain't nobody looking for you. You ain't famous. Nobody wants you. And that's why you're taking this class. So that's the first thing I tell them is that nobody's looking for them, but, uh, you know, and, and it's just important for you to make yourself known now, you know what I mean? And the beautiful thing is, is that now we have all the tools, 
You know what I mean? And and we don't have to depend on um, anybody else trying to manage or own or dictate like uh, in the labels. You know what I mean? But now as an entrepreneur, uh, what people need to learn how to do is, first of all, you know, be good at whatever it is that you do, your craft, your product, your service that you want to provide people with. You know what I mean? Make sure that you hone that craft, that skill, the presentation, all aspects of it, the music, you know, why does the world need another flute player, for example? The second thing is, uh, you know, you really need to start seeing yourself as a legitimate business. So it's instilling that mindset to people, you know? And um, then, you know, what are the ways that we can use your gift and connect within this whole web, the worldwide web, and then just the outside web? Because I tell students, you know, that social media should be a reflection of your impact and influence outside of, of uh, the digital space. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, but then I teach them all kinds of different things. Quite honestly, I'm not hearing anybody else really talk about it, uh, you know, um, except for people maybe outside of like the whole, quote, music entrepreneur space. So um, and just things that have been really successful, uh, you know, for me and, and also former students of mine who are just doing incredible things. So, you know, that's another cool thing is that I connect them with all of my people as well and my people connect them with other people so you know they are making all kinds of different connections and really pilot testing their products and services and refining their skills refining learning about the branding and and uh learning about you know uh engagement i mean it's it's not just branding and here buy my product you know what i mean but how do you keep fans how do you build fans you know how do you get fans to believe in you all of that stuff you know what i mean and how can you provide something that is not just going to be short-term satisfaction but long-term satisfaction you know um like like what the big companies do you know the big brands do so uh that's what we're doing in the classroom man uh, believe it or not it's, it's really exciting and they come in with their projects and assignments but that are totally relevant and practical and uh i just get to listen to the innovation and refine them uh one by one in front of all the other students so that they can have a comprehensive overview of the application of uh, entrepreneurship within uh you know a person's vocation so. how, how do you take someone uh who comes in that's quite a self-effacing uh, they're, they're more of an introvert personality how do you actually get them to have that faith and that belief you start oh with? yeah totally you know i i learned this skill set by being a missionary because you know um i i've done so many different mission trips just around the world and have led different mission trips, led youth-based mission trips, meaning that I've led youth groups from different churches to come on, come along and let's do something great in this country or, or whatever. And so I tell the, the, the musician, well, I call musicianaries because a lot of them are musicians, you know, what we're going to do for a particular country. I tell them when we arrive there, we don't want to make it seem like, hey, we're the privileged ones and we want to help you. You know what I mean? Instead, we want to go in there and speak life to them, make it known to them the beauties of their homeland, the beauties of what that what these people have instilled in them and around their communities and surrounding. You see what I'm saying? Because there's already greatness in, in, instilled in, a, in an individual. So it doesn't matter if you're quieter or louder. It doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted. You know, I think what 
the role of a great educator is to instill confidence in the individual, you know, that they can have faith. That's what confidence means in, in the Latin, confideo, with faith, that they can have uh, belief. Uh, I mean, I express my faith in, in, in God, you know, for them. It could be something else. It could be God. You know what I mean? But as long as they can latch on to something that is greater than themselves and have that faith, that drive, you know what I mean? So that affirmation that lets them know that that they are meaningful, that they are worth it, despite the fact that if they don't play the flute, they still are validated. You know what I mean? So that's what I try to instill. And I do that by listening to the students, listen to their stories, you know, so they don't just come in and I don't treat them like students. I tell them, listen, you don't study under me. You study with me because I'm in this game to study. Mm. I'm in this game to learn. Life is a study. And so I'm continually growing and expanding and they are too. And so I set that non-threatening learning environment in the classroom it's just really great because I think from the get-go, you know, students really come out of their shell and then just feel like they can express themselves among their peers because now their peers have become their brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? Also, you know, we don't talk about social media marketing or all that stuff right off the bat. You know what I mean? That stuff doesn't matter if you don't have your pillars in order, if you don't have the foundations to your house Absolutely, in order. Yep. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of identity construction you know what I mean? And, and uh, we, we really break it down and start talking about a lot of different things that establish entrepreneurial identity and artistic identity. I think it's a mindset. I don't think every student comes in with it, but I think the students that register for it, they, they either have the mindset and are ready for that next level, or they just want to learn how they can even obtain that kind of mindset to continue doing what they do and can and continue having a passion for even playing their instrument because a lot of them they went into the degree program thinking uh yeah i'm about to do this degree i can't wait i'm so excited i'm gonna make a living out of music oh crap four years have gone by i don't know how to market myself i don't know how to get out there i've never recorded an album you know i don't know what to where to even begin you know what i mean and that's where the fears and and the the uh discouragement uh, really starts to kick in. And so we're removing all of that before we can get anywhere. Because once a person believes in themselves, it's going to, it, you know, I mean, then, then really what it comes down to is how hard are you willing to work the time that you invest in it? Because, uh, you know, basically it's going to be up to the individual how far they want to take their enterprise now that they do believe in themselves. Yeah, absolutely agree. And over the years, I've been privileged enough it's probably a long time now, Joey, isn't it? Where I've met so many of your ex-students and yeah, some have been very quiet. Some have been quite loud and vibrant, but they've all had underpinning them a belief and faith and trust that what they're doing is going to work. Now, when mm -hmm. you get your new students in and you're looking at the, the foundations, aren't you? And you're addressing any, any areas that aren't necessarily firm and then you build up gradually. Am I correct there? Absolutely. And here's another thing that I do, um, which is just super healthy, uh, is that I cross list my courses. So I have four doctoral students, people that have been in the industry, have been in the game that are currently professional players. I mean, like I have one who is invited professional professionally as a concert soloist with um, 
the Mexico City Symphony Orchestra. I have another person who's the conductor of the Ocala Symphony Orchestra, which Ocala is a is a town here, a city here in in um, uh, next to Gainesville. I mean, he's also the CEO of an actual legitimate performing arts center as well. But he's coming back to do his doctorate because he just wants to. So you got people from all different types of experiences. I'm not just dealing with people who are performance, you know, based. You know what I mean? There's people that uh, uh, right now I'm, I'm helping a student uh, develop and launch his nonprofit music education center. And so you're getting all of these perspectives, which makes it really a holistic learning experience. Plus, they're all making connections with each other. You see what I'm saying? Because I tell everybody, like, look, look at the room. This, these people are part of your network. These, these are your contacts. Make friends with them. Collaborate together. And so I design projects that really uh, help the individual, but also help, um, you know, build these kinds of relationships. You know what I mean? Fortify, galvanize the relationships. And um, uh, I, I just think that's just another awesome dynamic about the classes that helps the student little by little and big by big, you know, get towards reaching their goals. In your experience, Joey, do you think that networking or making these connections is very undervalued and people don't do it enough? Because you're, you're facilitating this, and obviously you know so many people in the industry anyway, and you're putting the people and the students that study with you in touch with this wide network but as a whole, when I'm traveling around to music events around the world, I don't see a lot of the up-and-coming musicians actually actively putting themselves forward to meet you and to get a connection and then asking you if you know anybody that, that does this, this thing. Do you think it's really undervalued as a resource? You know, I really think it, it depends on who... Uh, what, 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 like, genre market are we talking about? Because, for example... Like in the hip hop community, everybody is trying to network with one another, and it's amazing. Yes. It's an it's a it's amazing that 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 exists. But oftentimes, what may not exist is you know uh, the originality because everybody's trying to copy somebody. But that also exists in other genres as well. You know what I mean? Or maybe they don't have all the pieces together. Maybe they they you know everybody's trying to network, but. They're giving you, like, for example, a burnt CD with uh, a marker writing, you know, marker yep. writing the name and, and you know, just with, with, with a with a permanent marker. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you got other genres where it's like people, they got all the content, but they don't network at all. You know, I, I, I feel like a lot of, uh, you know, people who are trying to get into the pop space are doing that particular thing. I think uh, there are people who, especially with like the acoustic and contemporary, uh, how do you say, like unplugged and folk music, they got incredible stage presence because there's that whole underground movement of people that just really love live music. And it's just really kind of sad to even think that watching and attending live music is more of an underground culture now, you know? Yeah, that's so sad. You know, the, the underground people, you know, uh, the, these underground artists, oftentimes they got great stage presence and they got the whole show down, but they don't have the uh, micro and macro content to market themselves on social media, partly because it's like, you know, it, it, it's just a little too jive to do that, too cliche to do that. And, and they don't want to do that. But then it's like a catch 22. You got to in, in order to make your songs noticed and out there. So I think, you know, if we're talking about just like the flute community, which is largely classical, but, 
you know, it, it's like classical with everybody having a, a secret fetish that they don't want to let everybody know, which is like, oh, jazz flute or commercial flute. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, I yes. think, you know, uh, when you have innovators like Gina Luciani, who um, is really bringing people together with positivity with her Instagram and, and her Facebook and social media. There's a movement that she's creating in which people are starting to network and share and to collaborate because she is that kind of person. You know what I mean? But I think for the whole, as a whole, I think, uh, you know, uh, classical musicians are too worried to trying to perfect the product that, you know, they're like, oh, I want to perfect the product because I want to make sure that it's awesome when I launch it, but they never launch it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like workaholics, you know, uh, uh, I talked to a friend of mine. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm just working, working, working so I can provide so I can provide for, for, uh, my family and, and, and make a good time, you know, good, good, uh, setting for my son. And I'm like, okay, cool. But when are you actually going to hang out with your son? You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like classical musicians, you know, oftentimes, or at least, you know, with the flute world, I'm going to say the flute world, oftentimes we're so focused on perfecting the product. And um, there are people who are able to produce that perfect product and still produce an awesome video, you know what I mean, and, and, and do it. But, I mean, just the, the amount of people that actually have it all together is really quite few. And so I would encourage all flutists, you know what I mean? Um, and just musicians in general, like the whole body of musicians to not be so focused on making it the absolute perfect product, because you really have to start thinking about who is the actual audience that you're going to reach? How much do they care if you end up messing one note? You know what I mean? Playing one note different or missing one note, cracking one note. You know what I mean? What, it, what, what are the aspirations of the audience when they hear your music? What are the goals that they want to get? What do they want to get out when they actually experience your teaching or, you know, your guest lecturing or your performance? These are the questions that people need to start thinking about. Like, where is your space? Because let me tell you something. There's a lot of space for a lot of people. Everybody can eat from this pie that we call the music industry. You know, which P.S. It's vacillating it, but it's cool because it's like it, it, there's just so much more opportunity now. You know what I mean? But uh, networking is so key. We have to be thinking about who our audience is and make networking with our audience, but also with the people that can help get us there. So we can't be too prideful to not ask what we don't know. You know what I mean? We have to ask what we don't know, and we got to be like, listen. I don't know how to get here. Can you help me? Simple as that. Hey, how do I go about landing this type of gig? Simple as that, you know? And you can take all the courses that you want, but nothing beats experience. Nothing beats talking to somebody who has legitimately done it at such a high caliber or is currently doing it. And, you know, I, I dare say there are people who are imposters out there, but you want to really try to find those people. And they might not even be famous. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But they're still doing it. So there's a difference between success and active. A successful entrepreneur, well, that's subjective. You know yeah, what I mean? Yes, that's subjective. Is, yeah. But active is objective. Even if I have no gigs, you know what I mean? And thank God that I'm like performing constantly. I'm producing for all kinds of artists at a national level. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like I wrote an article recently on time management 
um, and it's getting published by the National Association for Music Education in November. But I really was just kind of venting of, of all the things that I need to do. So I'm in that position. But even if I didn't have that, man, I'm still an active entrepreneur because I get up every day and I'm not going to get disappointed. I'm not going to cry for what I don't have. And too many people give up because they want the dream to come easy, you know, and nothing that is meaningful, nothing that is, uh, that is long lasting comes quickly. You got to cultivate, you got to, you got to earn it. You got to, you know, mold it. You, you got to, uh, you know, water that seed, you know, take care of that garden and that garden is your gift. And so that's what I think, John Paul, how about you? Um, do you know, I'm usually for me. <laughs> unusually for me, I'm lost for words. Do you, know, you encompass it all very, very well. It is. It stems from a, a, getting an inner belief in your own ability, but not being afraid to ask because everybody has different experiences, different knowledge sets, and I think as a, I'm speaking from an English culture here, but uh, we find it very difficult to ask for advice or ask for help. And I think yeah. if we were just to take that nugget that you've just given in that we're all life learners, don't be afraid to go and ask and be very open. But most importantly, hunt out who you admire as artists and performances, those that have done it, those that not necessarily have and find out exactly why and find out why they haven't made it. And as for time management, sir, well, I honestly don't know how you managed to grab everything in to 24 hours. I, th I think there's di serious time distortion going on there in your life. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'll send you. I'll send you my my article that I wrote. Seven suggestions for time management for music educator entrepreneurs. That sounds interesting. So it's, that's really putting thirty day, thirty hours into twenty four hours now to do it. Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joey. Moving off that yeah. subject slightly. You got a Latin, another Latin Grammy nomination. This is fabulous. Oh man, yeah. Uh, once again, unexpected. Once again, humbled and and honored. I mean, like just grateful beyond words. Um, you know, I I submit content every year, and not every year does it get uh, you know nominated or I've never won. You know, but that's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. No problem. Top five, baby. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, it's going to be fun. Uh, November 14th, I'll be headed over there to Las Vegas and doing my thing thing. And it'll be good. It'll be good. I'll uh, be hanging out with my bros, yo. And um, <laughs> bros, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bros, yo. Oh, my gosh. No, but it, it, it's it's a it's a blast. And actually. You know, what's really interesting is that this project, you know, is, is where I'm behind the scenes. I'm a yeah, recording yeah. engineer, and then I recorded flute for um, the project, but I'm not the main artist on the project. And so, you know, uh, it's really an awesome opportunity in which uh, one of my dear friends and, dare I say, um, you know, one of my marriage mentors as well, Juan Delgado, he's just like an amazing guy. Uh, has like a pastor's heart and uh, but is a music producer um, uh, for numerous artists in Miami, but he does it all from the comforts of his home. You know what I mean? He's gone completely independent and um, he's actually won a Grammy award, um, the American Grammy 
um, <clears throat> as a recording engineer uh, for uh, another salsa artist, but this one is for Best Christian Album because that's the music that he likes to do. He does a lot of like worship music in different churches and things like that. But uh, it's really cool, man. And the song that um, has me featured um, is a song that is really, uh, you know, about healing. And I recorded at a time, I recorded the flute on that song at a time where I myself needed some healing internally, you know, like just emotional healing. And uh, just to think that, you know, he encouraged me. And then I said, okay, I'll go ahead and express this new direction in which I'm going to, you know, heal from the, uh, the, the, the trials and tribulations that were thrown my way. And, um, you know, this is that project, the, 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 the song that I played, uh, Pescador de Hombres, Fisher of Men, you know, um, it's just a really beautiful song. And every time I hear it, I just think about, you know, this honesty and sincerity in many ways, like the other project, um, you know, the happy flutist, like those, that type of playing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's not, uh, the flashy, virtuosic, percussive, you know, crazy jazz playing, but it's the other side of me. You know, the the, the reason why my wife married me, you know what I mean? Eh, that that I, I can be sensitive, I can listen, I can be calm, and, uh, you know, just play and express the beauty of life that is around me, you know, with my wife, with my son, with my environment. And so I put all of that into that particular song, man. And I had no idea, no idea that it was going to reach that far. So, you know, it's another cool uh, accolade to put in the bag. And uh, we just got to keep moving forward. Um, you know, the university is super supportive of it. There are several articles already being written about it. And, you know, one of them's already published. They also made a video about it as well. So got that support from there. But, you know, onward, man. Onward, my friend. Keep, uh, we, we're going to keep doing great things, not just for myself, but, you know, uh, more importantly, for other people. You know what I mean? Oh yes, he's say hi to him. Yeah, this is my son right here. It Check is. it out. Hey, Luca. Luca, say hello to the world. Hello, Luca. Hello, Luca. Be shy. This is London hey. calling. Hello, Luca. <laughs> hello, Luca. Yeah. He plays the. Hello, you play the drums already. I've seen pictures. Oh yeah, he plays the drums. Check it out. Check it out. Hold on. Come on, Luca. All right, check this out. Luca, play the drums. Wow, Aww. Luca! Yeah, yo, yeah. He claps. He claps and uh, congratulates himself. He's a shy. Yeah, man. He's, he's a virtuoso on percussion. He's a shy, retiring type, like his father, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, can I quickly talk about the F word? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Fun. The, the F word that you made famous a year ago. It was. <laughs> it was our. It's our biggest reach podcast. Because probably oh, really? I, how, it was, how many people so far? Uh, looking at the. Hang on. I have to go into the numbers on my. Uh, sixty-eight thousand one hundred twenty-five thousand streams so far. I th oh. I don't, I don't know if it's because you. We, it was termed the F word or not. Now the importance of fun. To yes. every single person. Now you are the embodiment of fun. You there is the serious side to you when you're playing 
when you're in when you're in your professor uh, when you're professor head, and also when you play classical when you play classical music, because yes, you play classical music. But you also make a very fair point and make it aware to everybody the importance of the F word, the fun word. How do you expand musicians in general, not just flutists, but musicians that it's important to smile, it's important to have fun, and it's only by doing that and making mistakes and being creative that that real you can come out? Yeah, man. I, you know, a lot of people have forgotten what it's like to be three years old, two years old, even one years old. You know what I mean? Where life is fun. And I think... You know, those experiences weren't meant just for those earliest years of our lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the embodiment of who we are encompasses, uh, you know, all of these experiences. And somehow we, you know, go through the ropes of academia. And, you know, the first thing that they tell you, you know, with this whole kind of cookie cutter uh, academics that a lot of places do. I ain't going to say my class because my class ain't like that. But you know what I mean? You know, a lot of times these classes really kind of take out the fun because they tell you, you can't do this. This is how it works. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know what I mean? Especially a lot of times I've applied lessons. And so, you know, um, I, I think as an educator, I really try to, I'm not going to say I try to uh, instill fun. I think people know, uh, know what fun is. Maybe some of them have forgotten what fun is. You know what I mean? And, once they get a taste of fun, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's rejuvenating. So it's one of those reasons why, like, Dancer Flute Off at the National Flute Association Conference, like, was such a hit, you know, two years in a row. It's because, literally, we just told people it's okay to have fun. And so I think, you know, awakening the child within, you know, that innocence, yeah. that purity, that joy, that ability to be carefree, not worry about your surroundings and just have fun doing that just awakening it and, and encouraging people to embrace their their youth because it doesn't matter man i know people that i kick it with that are like 75 years old 74 years old and i go to tampa you know and i go to their house and we're still kicking we're having a blast you know we can still be sitting on the chair rocking chair but we're kicking it and i'm laughing so hard because these people still know how to have fun you know what i mean and it's really healthy it's therapeutic it, it's it's physically healthy. I mean, there's tons of studies on, you know, how laughter, you know, um, uh, releases certain uh, things in the body that, that, that help your health. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, I, I just, I think one of the easiest ways that I inspire people to have fun is just not taking myself seriously. So even when I'm around them, I'll pick up myself first. I'll let people pick on me. Then they realize, oh, it's okay. I can still be secure in who I am. You know what I mean? And so uh, that's how I go about it. Again, I can't add anything to that. Can I speak? Can I talk, have another word then? The G yeah. word, the gratitude word. Because I know that is very important in your life, the gratitude word. Yeah, and you try, yes. You, and you try and get that over to everybody you meet. Yeah, no, no. I, it's the G it's the G word, gratitude, man. I mean, you know, we have to be grateful, got to be thankful. And the thing is, we got to be thankful even in the good and in the bad. You know what I mean? Because yeah. even in the bad, man, it, like, you know, every time that we come out of the bad, it's like we get stronger, we get wiser. If we, if we make the right steps, if we decide 
that we actually want to study the, pro the the situation and and then pass that test, you know, that trial, that tribulation. It's funny. It's why we call it trial. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, uh, you know, so it's it's not just being grateful for all of the good things and all of the little things. Yeah, I mean, I love being grateful for all the little things and all the big things, man. But, you know, um, I mean, you know, people see the outside. People see whatever I put on social media. They see, uh, you know, the 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 joy. The, oh, this concert. Oh, this production. You know, this award. Oh, you know, traveling here. But they don't know what's going behind the scenes. And sometimes things can get really tough. You know what I mean? And so I think we uh, but still. I try to express that gratitude in person and also since social media is a reflection of how I approach my life outside. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be an imposter in social media. I'm just expressing how I actually am outside. You know what I mean? So being grateful is, um, it is not conditional. It is unconditional, unconditional gratitude. But it, it, I think it only comes like, I mean, at least for me, this is just my thoughts. Since you're interviewing me, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I'm just so, happily listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, gra gratitude for me, the reason why it's unconditional is because I know that my life is not in my hands. You know what I mean? Uh, I, and I believe that, that God is the one who's, who's taking care of my life. And, you know, thank God, man, because I don't I, I don't know how to, you know, control my life. Uh, so I, I, I really rely on on the higher power. You know, what I mean, the man upstairs. So, I mean, I even write songs about it. I have a chorus on one of my hit songs. It's my promise. Gaze up at the sky. Put your hands up into the air. It's OK to cry. Release your heart into the air. And when you wonder why, release your voice into the air. Because the man upstairs says, I'll be there. It's his promise. Right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's that's that's why, for me, gratitude is not conditional. It is unconditional. You know what I mean? So strip everything away, and I'm still going to be grateful that I'm alive. You know what I mean? Yep. And you also... Yeah, I do, actually. And you also very much live in the present moment don't you you don't jump ahead you don't look back you very much now you know i gotta be honest with you like yes but i think there's a little bit more to that man i, I literally i've been giving workshops on multi-dimensional practice and so you know this concept of you know, uh, not just practicing and focusing on one thing, but focusing on all these different ways of approaching practice. Mm -hmm. And this whole idea of multidimension, it really fascinates me. Even like when I've studied physics for fun, you know, um, uh, the, the idea of a fifth dimension is that a person, a uh, fifth dimensional being could go back to the past. A, you know, we are fourth dimensional beings, right? So we are living in the present. The concept of a sixth dimensional being is that you can be in the past and in the present at the same time. Oh, crikey. And the you're... concept of a... Huh? <laughs> crikey, you're, you're, you're taking me on a journey here. Yeah, so check it out. Time travel. So <laughs> the concept of a seventh dimensional being is that you could be in the past, present, and in the future coexisting all at the same time. And, you know, I'm not trying to say, like, I'm like all places at all times but you know my mind certainly is on many occasions in which when i walk you know when i walk on a daily basis when i go to work i, I like literally i could be walking like a two-minute walk 
to my classroom. And in that two minute walk, man, I am literally enjoying the beauty of the, you know, seeing the students around me, seeing the trees, seeing the nature, seeing like this energy that's existing in the present. At the same time, I know that I'm investing in the future. So I'm already dreaming dreams for my students and, and even, you know, trying to enjoy the dreams that they have expressed to me. So that's the future. And I've been, you know, I also walk with a spirit of gratitude. So I've been reflecting on where I am and the journey that took me to where I am now. So I'm looking at the past. And so I think, yes, I do appreciate the present, man, but I really try to walk more in a multidimensional, with a multidimensional perspective in which I'm grateful for the past, you know, even for those that have done me wrong and trust me, you know, to get to where I'm at, <laughs> I've gone through a lot of different stuff, you know, but, you know, I'm thankful that I've come out of it. And I'm thankful the people that have helped me come out of these situations and also get me to where I'm at, including the, the, the man himself, JP. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I like to walk in a in more of a like, you know, multidimensional way. So for me, what ends up happening is when you are functioning in the past, present and in the future at the same time, what happens to time? Time yields to the individual. So it, you, that individual becomes timeless. And I think people that do that can create timeless music, timeless artistic expressions. You see what I'm saying? I'm not necessarily creating music for a particular period of time. I'm doing this, you know, for legacy. I'm doing this for honoring the past. You know what I mean? I'm doing the, uh, creating music that, you know, is addressing an issue in the future or a need, I mean, I'm sorry, a need in the present, but then could also, you know, inspire innovation for, for the future to come. So you're up for exploring this multidimensional practice and performance uh, on another podcast in the future? Oh, totally, man. Totally. You've, you've, you've thrown that one in. And um, because not only are you a multi-instrumentalist, we are also multidimensional. So there's lots of multis going on there, isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could definitely do a podcast on that, man, because, you know, uh, I have this whole spiel about what is multidimensional practice. And, um, it, you know, I, I really believe that when applied, it can really free up the person to be secure and reach a blissful state of consciousness. You know, so we'll talk more about that. Yeah, because I'm finding that fascinating already. Because mm -hmm. I, I very much live my life in the present, but the thought of actually opening up other di other dimensions and embracing them all at the same time. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I, I, mean, I find the whole concept. Learning, even from a learning perspective, John Paul, like, you know, sometimes people have blocks, creative blocks, and they don't know how to get to where their mind, they can mm. envision what they sound like. They don't know how to reach that. But I, I believe I found... The cure. I found the cure. <laughs> I found the cure. <laughs> and you said it in this perfect English accent. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Joey, it's been wonderful, as always, to speak to you. Thank you for getting up early. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. No problem. No problem, man. My son woke me up, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> no yeah, problem, yeah. man. Did you know, am I sounding better now? No problem, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just so you know, uh, you have, uh, I just say, you you know what yeah you know what i mean okay so that's do you know what i mean yeah you gotta learn you gotta learn how to say it. it's you know mean you know what i mean 
Yeah, no, 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 no. Just it's 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 three syllables. You <laughs> not mean. Okay. You not mean. You not mean. There you go. You know me. Now you're speaking the English that I like. You know me. <laughs> yeah, man. Jose Valentino, as always, you've been a star. All right. And uh, let's, All right, let's catch Take up care. again. Let's catch up again soon. I think it's LA in January, isn't it? All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, be on the lookout for uh, my Christmas. Oh, yeah. Tell, Christmas uh, quick, EP quickly. coming out. Yeah, quickly, quickly. Tell me about the um, EP. When's it? Uh, when are you releasing or don't you know yet? Uh, actually, that's what this meeting is about, but it, it'll definitely be, uh, I believe, sometime in November. So it'll be very soon. Great. Well, I've, I've had, uh, I've had uh, shall I play a little bit? Not now, but uh, yeah, shall I play a little bit at the end of the uh, podcast, the Chestnuts one? You yeah, said, yeah, absolutely. In fact, we'll fade out, we'll fade in and we'll fade out to the podcast with Chestnuts by Jose Valentino. Chestnuts by Jose Valentino. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Said with a very deep English accent. (laughs) Jose, thank you, my friend. Yeah, man. Even a star. Oh, man. It's awesome, dude. Okay. All right.
Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.